Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast, but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. We talked about dated horror film shit. Yeah. That was one that of was the one of biggest them. dated horror film things where the zombie is running. Why is she a zombie? Number right. two, how the fuck is she running faster than them when she has glass on her feet? Glass on her feet. Three, she's I thought she could fly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If John McClane and Die Hard could fucking fly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's dead. She chooses. In five, four, three, two, one. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. Uh, if you haven't listened to this podcast before, uh, we talk about literally anything and everything. But today we are going to talk about one of my favorite films of all time. <laughs> one of the worst Marvel films I've ever seen in my fucking life to the point where usually when I watch a film, you know, before we do a review, I'll watch it a couple of times. Yeah. Right. And. 
you know, first time is always the same. It's like, just watch it for what it is. Don't overanalyze it. Just watch it. Whatever. Yeah. Second time, you could be a little more analytical. If I like it that much, I'll watch it three times. Um, this one was rough. Yeah. This, one, <laughs> <laughs> this, one, <laughs> this one was fucking rough, oh, man. Yeah. And I think like the biggest, and we're talking about um, Doctor Strange. Uh, multiverse of Madness. Multiverse of Madness, which number one, to do a multiverse film is very, very difficult because mm-hmm. it's a very complicated subject unless we're talking about uh, everything everywhere all at once, which was fantastic. Fantastic. Um, this one was a shit show. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you you saw it when it, but you waited for it to come out on Disney Plus, right? Yeah, I waited yeah. because people said it was trash. And then <laughs> like for me, obviously like the, if you know, pand- what pandemic taught me the most was that the movie going experience really does enhance the film. Yeah. Right. There's absolutely no, unless you have a lot of money for you to create your own theater. But even then, it's just different. It's right? different, yeah. The, the, however they set up the sound, the huge screen, the you know, the ambiance, whatever that it is, watching film in a theater is an experience that cannot be replicated at home. Yeah. Having said that, I still wouldn't have liked it. <laughs> but you did, the, you made the right choice for this one. And uh, as we're speaking right now, it's the, the it's the Thor uh, premiere day for the public. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I don't want to see it opening weekend anymore. Mm. I used to be that guy Wednesday night if they do showing up to opening nights. Yeah. Thursday nights, you know. The last opening night, I, I went to see Multiverse of Madness. Probably the worst experience in a theater I've ever had in my life. <laughs> because it's like, you know, he there's some fucking cameo. There's some like uh, joke or whatever. And it's just, ah! yeah. oh, shit and like people cheering and all that stuff and i was like man you know what like i think because of the infinity war and endgame theater like environment because that was once in a generation experience mm-hmm. uh, people are trying to replicate that in the theaters now and they like scream and fucking cheer and i can't stand that shit so i i got to see uh thor love and thunder yeah um ahead of time right? yeah uh tim took me to the whatever the pre-screening or whatever whatnot right great there's no previews or anything like that you just get to see the film straight up and i want to tell you how bad i want to say that a lot of people try to do stand-up for the first time at that movie they thought that they were fucking funny it's like every time like every time they made a joke they were trying so hard to get the crowd to laugh and there was one guy specifically there that kept on making these random jokes and noises that nobody fucking laughed at wait so it was this like an influencers early screening thing? kind of yeah is yeah yeah, yeah. it's just people and i just wanted like, to turn around and just be like bro bro this isn't like a class clown situation yeah man. also too if nobody laughed at the first six jokes number seven's not gonna hit yeah, oh like, my get the fuck out of here are you recording your own dvd commentary track <laughs> motherfucker? like watching it too i understand when you know when you're in a theater full of other influencers or people who just wanted to watch the film there's going to be cheering hooping whatever especially marvel films yeah i've just come to understand that yeah this one guy though did not understand that he was not funny he's just he's like are you even talking about the same movie right now <laughs> yeah. and it's, it's so weird too i think people were trying to wait for their moment to make a joke at yeah. the film that they were missing a lot of the jokes because you know Taika Waititi albeit when we'll talk about this when we watch when you watch Love and Thunder as well yeah. I wasn't a big fan of uh, Ragnarok because okay. I love Taika Waititi mm-hmm. but I felt like the jokes were so incessant that it was hard for me to get into the film um, but that was because that wasn't what you were expecting when exactly you saw it. yeah and so 
I was kind of like, okay, let me reframe my mind and watch this because I knew it was a Taika Waititi film, right. which I knew beforehand too, but I just felt like in Ragnarok, it was a lot of jokes. It's a, it's a type of humor that I don't like, which is rambling. Right, right, right. Which is a lot of, I know a lot of people like watch uh, Dave on FX. I hate that type of humor. Oh, it just keeps going. The scene is extended yes. because they're, whether they're, what are you doing, improv or mm-hmm. whatever. And in the edit, they're like, yeah, let's keep it. Let's keep it yes. going. That's the thing with, that happened with Ragnarok. They let these moments happen where it's about to be a serious conversation. And then all of a sudden, Chris Hemsworth, who plays Thor, obviously, starts going on this random, just starts rambling these jokes for mm-hmm. the longest time. They didn't do this with um, Love and Thunder. They made the jokes very purposeful, straight to the point, fucking hilarious. Okay, they, so they tightened it up. They, they tightened it up, which made it so much better for me. Okay. You know what I mean? And that's the same reason why I don't like Dave because it's just Lil Dicky going on this. Like, it'll be jokes like this if you haven't seen the show. He'll be like, oh, he's like, oh, I love laundry detergent. You know, laundry detergent because it gets on your clothes and sometimes it's powdery. Maybe they think it's cum. You know, cum's kind of weird, right? And they'll just <laughs> keep fuck. It's like, bro, the joke is done. Move the fuck on right and that's why i didn't like it but well, going back to this film this film's hot trash <laughs> well, speaking of expectations yeah. and when you're walking into a multiverse moving well not walking in you're in your living room um what were your you you try to set your expectations of this is just coming at me kind of thing or did you have a ragnarok situation uh this film i didn't expect anything at all right so uh, I'm not too well-versed with Doctor Strange, right? So I don't know mm. about Doctor Strange. I mean, I'm a Marvel fan, but I'm not a fanatic in that right. type of sense. So I don't exactly know who Doctor Strange is, aside from the times in the comic books where he would come in and save the day, right? Because it, it had to do with magic and sorcery and whatever bad guy had to do with magic and sorcery, yeah. Doctor Strange would come in. He, he's one of those comic book characters you looked at like, is he Asian? <laughs> Like Namor, like I thought he was Asian too. Yeah. They just casted a like a South American dude for the Namor movies. Yeah. Like, all right then. I was like, I don't know what he is or what he does, but he just well, all he does is you know he just does yeah. this. You know, so just- I mean, same. The most of what I know about Doctor Strange was like the little bit I saw from the Spider Man cartoon, maybe mm-hmm. exactly. You know, uh, and then literally the MCU movies. Yeah, and they just have like these Chinese mm-hmm. dishes. So yeah, okay. Oh, let's talk about that. So. In the first movie, what we noticed, because we we actually made a movie about it when you called it Dr. Isange, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the this trope of a white man who goes to Asia to become the master, you know, at some Asian shit. To, and from a bald white lady. Yeah. <laughs> it's just all kind of weird appropriation or like yeah. rule bending. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, see, look, you know, you know, we didn't totally, you know, do some racist shit. If we cast an Asian man, that would be racist. Yeah. Like, that was their argument. Like, yeah. all right. Fucking roundabout motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, I think a little bit of that saltiness watching it on the screen, though, was that it was all eastern magic yeah 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 yeah. they're wearing fucking monk like robes yeah they're like monks right all of that their architecture of their whole like everywhere they go is like eastern magic and this one they threw that shit out the window mm-hmm. like it, it was all like witchcraft kind of thing or whatever and it's like okay fine it's a new kind of magic dr strange is supposed to be this dope fucking sorcerer he can do both mm-hmm. eastern and western all right and then i'll like okay I'll, i can get over that stuff and then um as it's just going though i don't know sometimes when i'm seeing it it's just like some, this is probably the most corniest mcu movie i've ever seen too. <laughs> yeah, yeah but then we you attribute that to the director sam raimi mm-hmm. right um sam raimi if you guys 
aren't familiar, uh, Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3, the Tobey Maguire ones. Before that, um, Army of Darkness, uh, Evil Dead, I believe, those old 80s, like, be cheap ass mm-hmm. horror flicks. Like, he has a style, right? Like, he, he even has it in, in Spider-Man where he does these POV camera clips. Like, if someone throws a knife, all of a sudden, the cuts to camera is the knife POV, mm-hmm. right? Now, at the time, like, you, you do that, it's stylistic or whatever. But by the time Spider-Man came out, it's like, you, you had great technology. Yeah. You had all this budget, but then it was like, this is his style. You know, we get to a movie like Multiverse of Madness, and there's amazing CGI, Right. And then there are moments that it looks lackluster. We said earlier, it looked like this is obviously a reshoot. Yeah. Um, Those are the parts that was really jarring for me. Yeah. While I was looking at some of the CGI and there was moments where I'm like, this is really dope. And then I looked at it, I was like, this is really shitty. What is this shit? It was the same it thing that happened. on and off. Yeah. On same thing off. with like Shang-Chi had those moments too, yeah. where it was like, oh, this is really dope. And then it went, this is really shitty. Yeah. Like, where's the, why is it so inconsistent? And then I watched Spider-Man, um, Home, was it Homecoming? No. Uh, no, latest one, No Way Home. No Way Home. Yeah. And the CGI was consistent throughout the Consistent, whole yeah. So what the fuck is happening with these films? So like Black Panther, terrible CGI in moments. Very mm-hmm. bad in moments. Um, Especially that very last fight in that yeah. mine. Terrible. Um, The thing is, it's not like they spent less money on a cheaper VFX house. Therefore, it looks cheaper. Mm-hmm. Or they got a bad artist to do it. No, it's like… Uh, every artist has a level of skill, especially if you're doing um, a Hollywood film, like a quality, like standard, right? Mm-hmm. But with VFX, it's about time. Mm. How much time do you have like to render more layers, render more perfected um, lighting and effects and all of that? It takes time. Like back, Black Panther's case apparently was a hard February release date because Black History Month. Mm. And then- <laughs> So they had to rush a lot yeah, of things. Apparently that last shot, that last fight scene was a reshoot and they shot it in December. Oh my so God. They, they had two months to finish that. So just to give people a little bit of reference, just because uh, I only know this because Mariel was in production for a lot of uh, 3D arts and animation yeah. and stuff, right? Like for example, uh, she used to work for uh, Tim Miller's company who did um, Love, Death and Robots. Love, Death and Robots, Deadpool 1. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had no fucking idea how much work uh, people who do CGI, how intense it is, right? And by the way, it's not as exciting as most people think. They're not, it's not one person or three people doing everything scene by scene by scene. Like for example, if you see like a movie called like Moana, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a set CGI team that just works on fucking hair. Yeah. <laughs> and a person who simulates the sun. Yes. Someone who simulates the atmosphere. The water. The air. Yeah. Each layer. Somebody else is like engineering. That. Exactly. And so you'll see people. Like I, I forgot who I was talking to because I was at the, uh, it was Frozen 2 yeah. uh, after party, right? And it was super fucking dope. And I was talking to one of the artists and he was like, yeah, man, like, you know, the work that we do is really, really hard. He goes, you see that part of the film, the part where the ice went like that? He goes, that was me. Yeah, he goes, that's I, all he did. You worked, worked on that for six months. Six months, right? Yeah. <laughs> It's fucking crazy how much work they have, right? Imagine Disney went, hey, you have two months to do this. Fuck that, dude. Right? Yeah. And then they give, but, and so that's the problem we're starting to see as the audience too. You can see great CGI and bad CGI. I'm just saying as an audience, be fair to these artists because it's really hard to do. Yeah. It's the, at that point, it's because of time. But Spider-Man is a huge property. You fucking know they've been working on that for the last six years. Yeah. Right? And so they're going to have it tight and shit. But like 
a lot of these, you know, uh, first time, like uh, first opening films or whatever, like sometimes it, it seems a little rough around the edges, but even big films like this one, um, things happen like COVID mm-hmm. and then there's had to be reshoots. And so there are scenes where it's just like, it looks pretty rough around the edges. That's what happened to uh, when we did a review of Raya and the Last Dragon. Right. Uh, that was all, everybody was working from home during COVID. Yeah, the entire movie was a pandemic. Yes, and it was very, very fucking apparent. Um, mm. And that was my critique of it. Not so much of the artist, it's just that's what pandemic did to the film. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it, working from home when it comes to stuff like in production is very, very fucking hard. The Like setting up meetings, the flow of work, it's so difficult mm-hmm. because when you have to make on-the-fly adjustments, you have to call people up and, and do a group Zoom meeting when in person you just go, Hey, by the way, make sure you do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. You know? And then you got to all sit there, schedule a time to have a screening to look at your shot. Yep. And then, and it all depends on your fucking internet connection, uh, connection and all that shit. Yeah, and people were doing voiceover work at home for like, like for example, I forgot who I saw that was doing voiceover work, but it was behind the scenes for Ryan the Last Dragon. Right. And they had to do it in their closet with the laptop open with the director with like blankets all around. Like what yeah. kind of, and the audio in Ryan the Last Dragon was not that great. It, it gets inconsistent. Yes. Right, right. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie. And we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. So like productions issues aside, uh... This this story, uh, what we always do is just go through the plot in Wikipedia, yeah, <laughs> and we just talk about like remembering the scene. So, America Chavez and a version of Stephen Strange are chased by a demon in space between universes, which search while searching for the book of Vishanti. 
That strange is killed and Chavez accidentally creates a portal that transports herself and Strange's corpse to Earth 616, where that universe's version of Strange rescues Chavez from another demon with help from the Sorcerer Supreme, Wong. Chavez explains that the beings are hunting her because she has the power to travel through the multiverse. The film opens and it's just like, you know, big action scene. It's in Spanish and this big squid monster is chasing her, right? Um, it's all CGI and all this stuff and they're all going for this book. Before we continue, my lovely genius brain farts. This podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. You guys know I love BetterHelp, and I'm going to keep on talking about this lovely sponsor because it's helped me so much, and it can help you too. For those of you out there that do not focus on your mental health because you think it makes you look weak or you're just shy, there's nothing to worry about. BetterHelp is there for you. How well would you take care of your car if you had to keep the same one your entire life? Well, that's how our brains work. So why don't you treat it the same way? There are plenty of ways to support a healthy brain, like learning a new language or taking power naps. There's also BetterHelp and online therapy. I've been using BetterHelp for quite a while and it helps me sort out my thoughts because, you know, being on social media can be freaking rough mentally, emotionally, and everything else. And having my therapist help me and walk me through my problems and sessions have been really, really great. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video phone and even live chat only therapy sessions. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. You can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash genius. That's Better, H-E-L-P dot com slash genius. As soon as I heard that, it's like the book that lets you do anything was like uh, lazy. That's pretty damn lazy. It's fucking lazy, man. Yeah. So that's like, that's already off the jump, which, you know, the, by the way, there's like two books in here, right? Yes. Okay. I want to get to that. <laughs> yeah. Not only are there two books, story wise, plot wise, there are like three MacGuffins. Yeah. <laughs> All these plot chasing points, like where they, you know, they have to go after. I, I had no, I like, I don't like it too when something as powerful, right? Like the book of Ashanti, yeah. right? And there's no real explanation to why this thing is so dope. It's like, dude, that book right there yeah. is the shit. Yeah. And <laughs> what I, spoiler alert, it doesn't do shit. <laughs> We'll talk about that. Too. Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> that shit pissed me <laughs> off so bad. That's okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so he's at a this the strange we know. Uh basically the monster kills this other universe's strange, and um this girl, um Mexico Chavez, uh America Chavez. <laughs> <laughs> Mexico Chavez. <laughs> so Costa Rica Chavez. <laughs> yeah. You know what the funny thing is? I was thinking when you said it, I was like, no, that's right. <laughs> oh, no. oh, shit. I'm oh, sorry. America. <laughs> what the fuck was I even bringing up? Oh know. my gosh. Okay. So okay, she has the power to jump through multiverses mm-hmm. and um, uh, they get sucked in to, into the Marvel universe. We know earth 616. That's mm-hmm. what it's called. And by the way, it's explained uh, Stephen strange sees that as a dream and he wakes up later. It's explained that all of our dreams are actually connections to older multiverses. That's a plot point. 
Um, then Stephen Strange gets ready for a wedding and it's for his uh, old flame, Rachel McAdams, right? Christine. Now, in the first movie, they had zero chemistry. Yes. Right? I'm glad it only makes sense that she's moving on and, you know, marrying someone else. It was actually kind of like really shitty what they did to her as an actress like, <laughs> to give her this role as this character and she didn't have shit to do. Yeah. It was pretty terrible. Um, so in this one, uh, she's marrying someone else and then um, a giant squid monster uh, with big eyeball attacks town, uh, <laughs> New York City. He goes in, saves the day. Uh, and then here's the weird thing about his magic from what we've seen from the past Marvel films. All of a sudden, he turns to the Green Lantern. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? This is the thing, too. Like, so if you know a little bit about Doctor Strange, right? He is supposed, I mean, he's not the Sorcerer Supreme in this world, right? Yeah. But essentially, he could be. And this, the Sorcerer, this, he is supposed to be the shit. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, some of his magic in this movie was a little shitty. Yeah, I, I think it was a little, a lot less imaginative than the last. Yeah, they kind of nerfed him. Yeah. You know, which was like when I saw that fight scene, I'm like, what, what is this shit, dude? I think that's the point because he went one on one with Thanos, right? Yeah. So it's like, um, you know, you got to make it tough for them story wise. But then when you take it that far in a previous film, you know, like, uh, I, you know, I, I just really want to see something like, because I, I hate doing this but then you know like we said it's kind of lazy like to yeah. nerf a character to bring it back or do something a lot less imaginative and the reason why for me you know nerfing his powers don't make sense in this film is because you later on find out in the film that this octopus squid fuck right <laughs> is not even supposed to be that strong it's in placement of the person who placed that monster there right because so why does this have to be such a difficult battle you know what i mean you know, opening big CGI fight. <laughs> I guess, you know. You know and uh, I think it set the tone too because it was fucking gross. That shit grossed me <laughs> out, man. Of course you did. Yeah, dude. for me, I, you know, I, I'm philosophobic. Uh, I can't see. I, I have a hard time watching Finding Dory because of that octopus. <laughs> Holy shit. That <laughs> shit like, what's your favorite man. horror film? Dude, Finding Dory. Yeah, <laughs> Finding Dory, man. No, but um, it set the tone as, at the level of violence that they're mm -hmm. going for. Um, dude, when poke the fucking eyeball out and pull that shit it's out. Ripped out, yeah. Yeah, that was, that's that's one of the most violent scenes in a Disney MCU. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit, I'm watching this on Disney Plus right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, then, uh, so let's see it. Where are we in the plot? So this is after they had the, the octopus scene and she tells them that she has the power to jump multiverses but she uh, can't control it, right? It yes. just happens when she's scared. And so he recognizes that these, I don't know, the monsters, are, they're, they're witchcraft runes. So Strange consults Wanda Maximoff for help, but realizes that she is responsible for the attacks. After acquiring the Darkhold and becoming the Scarlet Witch, Maximoff believes that controlling Chavez's powers will allow her to reunite with Billy and Tommy, the children she created during her time in Westview. I'm going to hold it there. So if you didn't see WandaVision, you're jumping into this theater like, huh? Exactly. Which is something that I fucking hate. It's a bit problematic 
that they expect so much from the audience. Like you have a Disney Plus membership, right? Mm-hmm. Like you saw this one, right? So for a lot of people who didn't watch WandaVision, they didn't understand what was going on. Yeah. They're like, wait, hold up. Why is Scarlet Witch, Scarlet Witch evil? What, right. what is her motive? And so they kind of brush past this whole thing because they're like, oh, this is stuff that you should have known, yeah. which doesn't make sense because she is the main antagonist in the whole fucking film. Off the jump. Too. Yes. Just there's no background to she just like, by the way, I'm evil. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's all we get. It's like, okay. Um, like I said, it keeps going back to the idea of it being lazy. Mm-hmm. If... You know, in the past, when it connects films, you you give some backstory so we understand. Like even the first Avengers, for those who didn't see the previous films, right? Explain to me how Avengers, part, which is part four of this MCU or part five at the time, made billions of dollars when the previous ones didn't make that much. That means a lot of people saw this without seeing the previous film. Yeah. Because it was good enough to stand on its own by backing up the characters within the characters within the story. Just like Captain America's. Yes. Captain America does a really, really good job. Yeah. To, to catch you up to the story. Instead, it was like, I'm not here to judge you for what you did in Westview. And the audience might be like, what happened in Westview? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> They're like, what's, where's Westview? Yeah, what is this yeah. kind of thing? Now, like I said, a lot of fans would be like, well, then why are you watching it? You should have saw, all, and I mean, but you you can't expect that much from an audience member. You have to present the the story unfold on yeah. its And by the way, too, it's not like WandaVision was a film. Right. It's on Disney. Mm. That means you would have to have an account to have watched that show. It was not a film. It was a episodic series. Yeah, and you have to dedicate nine hours to Which a lot of people it. didn't even get through the damn show because it was so slow for them. Right. So they still wouldn't have even gotten <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it, it's, it's just that part too it already set a, such a bad tone because it's one of the things I really, really disliked about earlier Marvel films mm-hmm. where they would expect the audience to know too much. So at the end of WandaVision though, um, she's struggling. She's struggling at, at with the idea like, oh my God, what have I done? Like throughout the series, we're seeing what is making an antagonistic character, you know, out of her, right? Why is she making these decisions? And the decision she makes, you know, creates the antagonism in her, right? And then when she realizes that on the last episode, she's coming to a, oh my God, like, I'm so sorry. And she runs away, right? To this cabin. Now pick up back here. It's just, yep, I'm the bad guy. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like, here I am. Now, you give me America. I want her. I've been responsible. I sent the monsters. Brrr, oh, you were responsible for this whole time. Oh. Even, like, the way they did the reveal was so stupid. It was like, why don't you just bring America here? Oh, and I didn't tell you her name. <laughs> <laughs> and then the whole fucking, the whole garden or the apple tree forest, like, turns into shit. And yeah. it's all whatever and then she's like bring me america and then she she, she tells him you have till tomorrow <laughs> and then he goes away and there's like what was the whole point of like spending all that money with t- changing this whole reality that's around the thing him too and, like, what was the point of that to say look my my landscaping is evil as well <laughs> <laughs> there was there was absolutely no what point was to the that point like for kids to be like oh that's the bad guy. Yeah. I get it. Right. Make it easy. But it, it was, I'm just that it's going to come up. So that's what I was damn lazy. 
Yeah. You could have, I don't see a problem in Wanda teaming up with Doctor Strange, then learning more about the magic that she's inexperienced in because he's supposed to be the shit. Mm-hmm. And the more she learns, the more she caters to her desires to see her sons. Then we see a gradual progression where when while they're working together, the story does a pincer movement into where she makes a decision where she becomes the antagonist. Yeah. That could have happened in the third fucking act. Yeah. Instead, boom, off the bat. She's the bad guy. Now it's a big chasing thing. It's not going back to where it, this movie is. It's uh, the MCU's first horror movie. Yeah. And I think maybe that the was worst. the trope, right? It was just, here's the bad guy killer with a knife and now we're all running. Yeah. And that's just kind of what we saw go through. <laughs> I mean, just, it. I will talk about it more as, you know, we'll, especially when these later scenes come on. But one of the things that, and listen, I would say that it's when you have like these huge budget films with the huge production behind it that has a huge label such as Disney. Yeah. There's like this fear that Disney will step in and tell you to change a lot of what can make a film really great. Mm-hmm. Um, however, Sam Raimi is also responsible for Spider-Man. <laughs> so yeah. I couldn't really give him that excuse on this one. Yeah. And it, for me, when I see films like this and you know, Sam Raimi wants to do a take on this making this a horror film. Hey, go hard or fucking go home. Yeah. Right. Don't don't fucking pussyfoot around and it, it just it's terrible. Mm. It was just so dated. You know what yeah. I mean? Very dated. dated. It it just felt like somehow this movie was made in the early nineties, but they had state of the art, you know, yeah, CGI yeah. and like IMAX cameras. But this the production, like like if you take away the CGI, but the way it's edited and made, filmed, uh, composed. Dated. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's super dated, dated man. Yeah. And I'll, I'll talk about it later on too. But yeah. yeah. So when Strange refuses to surrender Chavez, Maximoff attacks Kamar Taj, which is the base in, uh, well, not Tibet, I guess. Cause <laughs> yeah, I don't know where the fuck <laughs> yeah, it wherever it was. Um, killing many sorcerers. Chavez accidentally transports herself and Strange to Earth 383 while Maximoff uses the Darkhold to dream walk, taking control of her Earth 838 counterpart, who lives a suburban life with her own Billy and Tommy. A surviving sorceress sacrifices herself to destroy the dark hold and break the dream walk. Enraged, Maximoff forces Wong to lead her to Mount Wondagore. The source of the Darkhold's power to reestablish the dream. By the way, I hate all these names. Yeah. I hate all these names. And this only adds to the thing of just dated shit. That's this is like the stuff that they used to label in this in like 70s comic books. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like, did you go to Mount Monkatuka? <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> But I'm I think all of these things were created yeah. in that time, the 70s, though, yeah. right? Um it it th- okay, so they have this scene of this battle at their temple thing. Um, she breaks through into somebody's mind and then, you know, it does that fucking thing again. Like, I don't know what it is with Marvel, but these motherfuckers have bows and arrows and cannons. Yeah. Like firework cannons with dragon mouths as the, <laughs> the barrel. <laughs> like, yeah. But then, you know, okay, so they shoot the arrows and they've got magic behind them, but they're not like any faster. Mm-hmm. It just feels like, you know, I don't think you guys would have had much of a problem with guns either. <laughs> yeah, and to, like, once again, it kind of goes back into the whole idea of 
this is, I mean, they kind of cut like the last stronghold of magic, right? Yeah. And their defense is just them putting up their hands and they only protect a very specific spot. <laughs> not, the, not a whole shield that's generated. Oh, yeah. Like those type of things. Yo, you guys should go check out Wakanda, man. They got to figure <laughs> it out. That's what I'm saying. I don't think your magic's cutting it, man. Yeah, you guys yeah. need some technology. Get get out to the fucking Dude, 21st Wi-Fi, century. Bro. Yeah. Like, uh, like when I saw that and I'm like, oh wait, they're only it only works for a specific spot that they hold their hand and up. And they concentrate it. And they concentrate. Whatever. Like yeah. it's not like a whole thing that's going on. I'm like, this is supposed to be the last stronghold of magic to to save everybody. Yeah. And and by the way, I'm basing this off of once again going back to how amazing Doctor Strange was before mm. fighting Thanos toe to toe. Yeah. And then you see all this shit and which by the way, Wong is supposed to be pretty fucking strong too. Yeah. And they make that fool look like a bitch throughout this whole film, which I hate because <laughs> I love Benedict Wong. You yeah. Know? I mean, um, him falling off the cliff, coming back up, but then ultimately not doing shit. Anything. He didn't do shit in that temple. He got yeah. tossed around a lot. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> he got his ass like fucking handed. The only thing he's good for, it's which is such an Asian trope, is that he's really good at reading books and knowing things. <laughs> the expositionist in this film. Yeah. He was the one that told Wanda everything she needed to know mm-hmm. and guided her along the way. So that was like the weird thing. Like, um, as I mentioned, this was written by the guy who used to work at Rick and Morty. Like Disney hired this guy because he understands writing multiverse and the more that was in the back of my head i was watching dr strange as rick and america chavez as morty (laughs) yeah that's fucking funny dude so because um they when whenever america chavez freaks out her powers come come out and then she they travel somewhere i mean it's every time there's dr strange they have that dope like fucking cgi like travel fest i love that shit Mm -hmm. Um, it's very stylistic. It lasts only two minutes, but um, they end up um, in this like perfect New York, right? Or uh, not a perfect, but it's just different. It's very vibrant. All this stuff. It's a different universe. Very high tech. Very fast. Yeah. Fast forward. Yeah. They and they lay out the general rules or whatever. Now, instead of these two characters really getting to know each other, they accidentally step on this button on the ground, and then it's like boom! This retail store. That reads your dreams for you. <laughs> they sh- might as well called it like exposition R us or something. Again, I'm so glad you brought that shit up because once again, we're going to talk about how fucking lazy this lazy. is. Lazy. That shit. Wh- First of all, why? Why? No, because it's a multiverse. It could. <laughs> it could have it. Okay. So cheap and lazy though. In the right? middle of the street out of nowhere. Yeah. There's just random technology in this world that's placed where you step on it. Let me just give you, recollect all your shit for you. Yeah. Boom. In public, in IMAX size. So everyone can see your biggest trauma of your life <laughs> in New York City. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? I, I'm like, like, I would be so scared to step yeah. anywhere, dude. I step on the circle as a video of my yeah. dad beating my ass. Yeah. Like, Yo, don't go to third grade. Yeah. <laughs> don't go back to 1993, please. Don't go to the time I came in my pants in front of that girl I liked. Like, yeah, you better watch where you're walking now in this city. Like, and like, that was the thing, too, when it went to that trauma. And I was like, hold on a second. If that's supposed to be something that's very personal that you see, why the fuck was Doctor Strange allowed to see everything? Yeah. <laughs> he was just like, oh, by the way, uh, I saw you naked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, okay. So I mean, like that. Also, that scene is has had became another issue, and 
not because it's so fucking dumb, but because America's parents are lesbians. She has two moms. Oh, and, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. And so this is why it wasn't allowed to play in a lot of countries. But despite that, this movie made $900 million, dude. Jesus. Yeah. Imagine if they got those other numbers. Because those countries were like, yeah. gay? No way. Yeah. <laughs> but like, so in the Middle East, like that kind of shit. Oh, ah, yeah, 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 Like, yeah. But, you know, like I said, living in Iraq, dude, they have every movie out there at the Bazaar on yeah. DVD, dude. Anything that's <laughs> out get there, they'll get it. Yeah. yeah. So they don't really need movie theaters. But um, yeah, that was uh, part of the, the news with that, but didn't. Didn't seem to affect at all with its numbers. Let's see. And then while searching for help, Strange and Chavez are apprehended by Earth 838 Sorcerer Supreme, Carl Mordo, and brought before the Illuminati, a group consisting of Mordo, Peggy Carter, Blackagar Boltagon, Maria Rambo, Reed Richards, and Charles Xavier. They explained that the through reckless use of their universe's dark hold in the attempt to defeat Thanos, Earth 838 Strange triggered a universe destroying incursion. After defeating Thanos, the Illuminati executed their Strange to prevent him from causing more harm. Mordo believes that Earth 616 Strange is similarly dangerous, but Maximoff reestablished her dreamwalk at Mount Wondagore. And arrives in her Earth A3's counterpart's body before they can pass judgment. She kills all of the Illuminati except Mordo, whom Strange subdues before fleeing with Chavez. The two escape with help from Earth A3's counterpart of Strange's ex fiance, Christine Palmer, a scientist working with the Illuminati. All right, so a cameo, like supreme cameo of all cameos, all at once. Jim Halpert appears. Yes. My theater went so crazy that I couldn't hear the fucking dialogue of what they were saying. You know, I you know I just wanted to take it in, but then the the problem was it wasn't like all like a hundred people were cheering and saying stuff. There was like five shithead kids who were just screaming their asses off and were like, "Can I just say this is this is one of the things that I like? I remember I just rolled my eyes so fucking hard. So you have fucking tuning fork bunderbore whatever the fuck his name is right who's <laughs> who is black blackagar boltagon yeah black, black Agar, bolt yeah black bolt whatever yeah. the fuck his name is right he's so powerful on a whisper could kill anybody yeah. right so right before they're trying to appease to this new you know scarlet witch right yeah then they go listen what does jim halpert do he fucking exposes his power to her what the Fuck. Don't say shit. <laughs> he goes, listen, this person right here, if they open their mouth, you know what, what can happen, right? She goes, oh, cool. I'll close oh, his yeah. mouth. What mouth, right? It's like, oh my God. She, what if, what if like fucking Jim Helper was like, hey, you know what, Wanda? You're right. Let's go find your kids. Black Bolt, why don't you lead the way? And then he's just like, blaster, blaster. Like, let's go, go, go. Right. Anything, right? Which for me, like, like, the reason why that also doesn't make sense too, right? You have somebody like Scarlet Witch, which they know 
this world, they kind of set these characters up, the Illuminati, as being very, very cautious, right? And they'll do whatever they can to protect this universe. Yeah. But for some reason, they see this major threat who just destroyed their whole fortress and just came in and they tried to appease to her emotions. It's like, you just killed Doctor Strange like it was nothing. <laughs> yeah. And then over here, he's like, let me let me just talk to you and you know try to ration, like, rationalize with you. What are you just, what are the, this is, none of this makes sense. You just gave this huge story about why you had to kill your Doctor Strange. What's the problem? What's holding you back with this crazy threat coming at you right now? She just literally destroyed all your fucking platoon. Like they're, they're all dead. They're all yeah. gone. All the robots, whatever. Fucked everything up. And, and they go, let me take this moment to try to rationalize with this person. <laughs> and by the way, the one thing that could kill you, let me tell you the secret. <laughs> Man, it was brutal, though. I mean, for what it was worth, them coming in and then, like, killing them immediately, I don't know if it was satisfying or just, uh, what do you call it? Like, a, like a really dead ejaculation. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> God, that, there, that was it. And this, trying to watch, like, first of all, I thought it was hilarious, that fucking Fantastic Four fucking, what's his face? What's his, what's the... Reed Richards. Reed Richards was like, I'm going to do something. All right, rubber band man. <laughs> and then look what happens to him. He gets dismantled. Of course that was going to happen. So, and so that's the other thing I, I, I'm not like appreciating when we talk about nerfing and laziness is that as powerful as they are, why do you nerf them with stupidity? Yeah. Why do they have to be dumb? to lose, you know? <laughs> it, it's just pure fucking nonsense, dude. Yeah. And like also too, one of the greatest, and once again, we're talking about nerfing characters, right? Charles Xavier, no matter how strong Scarlet Witch is, he is one of the most powerful minds in Marvel, in like the in the whole X-Men universe. Yeah. Controls Magneto. Uh, fucking, he had a hard time with it, but he fucking worked the Phoenix, which yeah. is supposed to be one of the most powerful beings in the universe. Yeah. And he got f- fucked up by Scarlet Witch like nothing. Yeah. I... I- I mean, you you saw him becoming a, when he goes into her mind, it's like a very caring, empathetic, walking, you know, Charles Xavier. And they brutally fuck him up. And I get confused as to whether we're supposed to enjoy that or like it was just cruel. <laughs> this is what, this was the, like the example of, you know, when they shut, when Scarlet was shut his mouth mm. and then, you know, when. Uh, Professor X got his neck snapped. It's like, oh, you're trying to make this into a horror film. Right, right. right? Yeah, but it yeah. was just, there's no good lead up to it. You're right. I mean, in a classic horror film, we get to know all the shithead kids and go, oh, you're not going to survive. Mm-hmm. We see that tension, you know, but when we get to know the characters, despite their failings, we don't want them to die. Um, when you introduce a character five minutes ago and then you kill them all. Who cares? Yeah, who cares now? You know, and that's why it's like, this is like Rick and Morty. Yeah. <laughs> like, this happens in Rick and Morty all the time. It, it, in a cartoon, it's funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. In yeah, a cartoon, yeah. it's funny. Now watching it live was like, um, I don't know, this weird cynical sense of humor. And you know what, by the way, too, and I do have to mention this, and somebody might have something to say about this because you guys are, you know, Marvel fanatics. As, like I said, I'm a Marvel fan, not a fanatic. Mm-hmm. I was already done with the whole movie when she had the, what's it called? The book of... Uh, the dark hold or the, yeah, the dark hold. She yeah. had the dark hold, right? And she goes, Oh, I could just travel through and then control this woman's body. Mm. And I could be with these kids. If you already had the power to be to take over that Scarlet Witch's body and then just be with the kids, yeah. why did you need America Chavez in the first place? Right. So what the fuck is that? Everyone's so at this point in the film, 
um, Doctor Strange and America are after the book of Vishanti. Um, let's see that um, one um, uh, sorceress, she sacrifices her life and stabs the book, burns it up, the Darkhold book, right? Mm-hmm. And now, because of that, we're introduced to this third MacGuffin, which is another dark copy of the Darkhold book, which happens to be this temple, which then becomes another adventure. And I got to say, man, I'm starting to get really tired of these movies that turn into Indiana Jones. Yeah. <laughs> when there's way too many MacGuffins, yeah. like I'm watching Indiana Jones, um, the last Star Wars episode nine, that was an Indiana Jones Star Wars. Yeah. Because they kept finding new little trinkets and MacGuffins, mm-hmm. you know. In the past MCU, the MacGuffins were always the Infinity Stones, which were part of a Explain the to people what a MacGuffin arc. is. The MacGuffin is like an object in the film that drives the plot forward, that motivates our, our the characters in the film to be chasing after this yes. thing. You know, and like I said, so it, for example, in the MCU, it's the Infinity Stones. Every character, bad or good, or after this, it's driving the plot forward, which with whatever happens to this thing. Now, like I said, it's part of the overarching, the arc of the entire story, the MacGuffin, to drive it forward. And we watch our characters grow. But you destroy Darkhold, and then there's a copy of it, and then you have a, another one. Then you learn there's actually other copies of it in different universes. And the book of Vishanti is a big deal too in the middle of it. But the third um, MacGuffin, which was actually the MacGuffin from the start, is America Chavez herself. She is a MacGuffin. Yes. She is what everyone's after as well because everyone's after her powers, right? The problem with making a character a MacGuffin, right? Actually, there is no problem. You just have to do it well. Yeah. Like the fifth element. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's the MacGuffin. Everyone's after. She's the fifth element. Uh, what's her name? Mila film. But yeah. yeah, that's the great example of a MacGuffin character, a personality, you know, that's a very important part of the film. My lovely genius brain farts. This podcast is brought to you by Fume. Ever tried to break a bad habit and felt like you're climbing Everest in flip-flops? Yeah, we've been there too. But here's a breath of fresh air. Fume. It's not about giving up. It's about switching up, baby. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and a whole lot more enjoyable. What is Fume, you ask? Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device that does just that. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, Fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy that makes replacing your bad habit easy. I keep one in my car just because I'm a fidgety guy. And guess what? I'd be puffing on that delicious herbal tea vapor, my friends. Nothing bad for you in there. And definitely, definitely fun to use. My friends, start the year off right with the good habit by going to tryfume.com slash genius and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving listeners of the show 10% off when they use my code genius to help make starting the good habit that much easier. Start the good habit at tryfume.com slash genius to save 10% off the journey pack today. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. America Chavez to me didn't feel like she honestly didn't feel she, that important. Yeah, she could have been like a like a a rock. Yeah, that allows you to travel through through. It didn't have universes. to be a person. It didn't have to be a person at all. It, it she was just kind of there. Um, now. We're also seeing at this point in the film that Stephen Strange has control issues. He always has to hold the knife, right? He has to be in control and he's the one making these decisions. That's why um, Wanda, the the other surgeon from the first film, both have gripes with him because he was the one that made the decision to give Thanos a time stone. And they, you know, blame him for causing the snap, you know, essentially because he did this, whatever. And so- what I'm, you, you're trying to see, okay, then well, how does his character tie in with this whole plot and with America as well? So let's see where we left off. Strange, Chavez, and Palmer enter the space between universes to find the Book of Vishanti, which is the antithesis to the Darkhold, but Maximoff appears and destroys it. Boom. <laughs> so they after you were after it the whole time through this movie and it's just you want to talk about something that really pissed me off which already this film had a lot that right there i just i was like i had a pause yeah because i was in disbelief about how fucking useless that shit was and yeah because they were like that book the bat that you can do anything it grants you the power to do anything and she just blasts it she once blasted. and then it burns it to burned pieces up. what was the whole point of going after the book of Vishanti. Why? Why? Just make a digital copy of it, man. I don't know what's yeah. out there in the universe. I don't know. What the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? This book, which apparently is so powerful. It's almost like a, a fable, yeah. a myth. It doesn't even exist. Those That's unreal. It's, it's in between. It's the gateway in the gateways of all the other multiverses and all that shit. It has its own special realm. Apparently, it's not fireproof. <laughs> <laughs> It's not magic proof yeah. Yeah, for being a magic book. <laughs> yeah. Like, what is this bullshit, dude? Oh, man. And that, the reason why that also irritated me too was because as a, as somebody who was um, in the viewer seat, I wanted to see what Strange was going to do with this book. Yes. I wanted to see him fuck shit up because they nerfed him so hard. I was like, oh, that's why. It's because he's going to get the book of Ashanti and then fuck some shit up. He touches it, it lights on fire, and he just goes, Omo? (laughs) 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 But I mean, uh, what it leads him to is to have to make the decision to use the Darkhold again, what the other Strange was killed for. Um, We'll we'll get to that part. Let's see. She then takes over Chavez's mind, using her powers to send the others to an incursion destroyed universe. Strange defeats the destroyed universe's strange. God damn the way this is written. Who has been corrupted by his universe's dark hold. 
and uses it to dreamwalk into the body of his deceased counterpart on Earth-616, the first dead Strange from the beginning. With Wong's help, Strange saves Chavez from Maximoff as she tries to take Chavez's powers and encourages Chavez to use her abilities. <laughs> use her abilities. I, I do. I also forgot about this. So just to rewind it back when we were talking about the, the universe with the, with the really high tech New York or whatever. So they have this moment, right? Where Maximoff is chasing them through the tunnel. Right. Whack. <laughs> that shit to me was so fucking whack. Here's why. And we talked about dated horror film shit. Yeah. That was one, that of, was the one of the biggest dated horror film things where the zombie is running. Why is she a zombie? Number right. two, how the fuck is she running faster than them when she has glass on her feet? Glass on her feet. Three, She's I thought she could fly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If John McClane and Die Hard could fucking fly. <laughs> Instead, she chooses to walk with broken glass in her feet somehow faster than them. It's scarier, David. <laughs> it's scarier. She's a witch. I was watching. I was like, just fly. Just fly. <laughs> Please just fly. What are you doing? Yeah. I mean, and you know, we, we made that Halloween um, skit. Um, I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Yes. And so we watched some horror films to like basically educate ourselves, learn mm-hmm. in a technical perspective, watch it as editors, watch it as, um, as DPs. Mm-hmm. And then when we started doing it, it was like, oh, these are fucking tricks. These are yeah. parlor tricks. These are editing tricks. Yeah. The jump scares and all that. And then that's when I started differentiating between the horror movies I like and don't like. Mm. I hate jump scares. It's cheap to me. Yeah. Um, and that's just an opinion. But I love the real tension-filled films. There was some manufactured tension here at the end of that hallway scene because it slows down and then the water drops slow down. And then what happens? Jump scare. <laughs> that was so corny. Yeah. <laughs> it was so fucking corny. It was just, that was one of the corniest. I was like, oh, so this is where Sam Raimi wanted to make it a horror film. This yeah. whole scene right here where she's walk, running like a zombie, which she's not a zombie. Yeah. Why would she do this? That Why is she not like- flying? How is she running fast with glass in her feet? I don't like none of this makes sense. And it's only so he could do this horror flick thing, yeah. which is so fucking lazy. I mean, like you, you could even see it through how um, at the but she's fighting all those Ultron bots, and when she comes out, I mean, I you you think it's blood, it's just robot oil. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> she's got black oil all over it. Yeah, like, I guess it's bloody looking, but just to make her look scary. I mean, even the what mouth thing too. I was like, all right, Matrix. Yeah, <laughs> you lazy. Yeah, <laughs> the I mean that that shit was fucking brutal. That's where it was like that felt so Rick and Morty when his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, when, the, when he was unraveling. Yeah, yeah. that shit too. Um, I, mean, I mean, talk about nerfing. Monica, Ra- not Monica, Maria Rambo, who is this universe's Captain Marvel. Yo, why is white Captain Marvel fucking stronger than Thanos? Yeah. And black Captain Marvel fucking weak as shit? Yo. I don't know. <laughs> huh. Yeah. <laughs> They're like they're putting in the writing. <laughs> yeah. She's dealing with her oppression. Yeah. <laughs> That's what makes her Dude. like the fuck was that shit? Seriously, that the the nerfing on it was Man, why fucking white white Captain America female one just kicking ass? Yeah. <laughs> she has no power. She oh, has no power. Te- technically, she has super strength. Okay, strength, but not like 
Captain Marvel. Also, and the reason why that doesn't make any sense too, it's like her her physical attributes are strength, right? Same thing with Rubber Band Man. And she unraveled the <laughs> fuck out of him. But for some reason, the shield makes her a tactic is so different now. Right. Like, I, I don't know. It's just all that shit. Yeah, it was. There's, you know, I'll, I'll be honest I'm to a point where it's kind of nitpicky for us at this point. But then when it's not enjoyable, <laughs> you can nitpick can a lot more take? things. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So. The Doctor Strange uh, haunted house thing. Right. Did you like that fight scene? The one where they were no. fighting with no with musical notes? No, I'm sorry. I didn't. I fucking hate it. I hated it. so bad. I thought it was some of the whitest shit ever. <laughs> because in Infinity War, though, Doctor Strange and Thanos have a straight Dragon Ball fucking dope ass, like reality bending, Dude, you know what magic, that, like energy fight scene. Do you know what that shit was to me? I was like, why is Beethoven fighting Mozart, dude? Yeah. Like, uh, what the fuck is this dude I, I feel like this he made it for the composer he was like dude have at it <laughs> also he sees his harp Ew. one single note yeah. and explodes the whole thing i was like dog i could care less about that fight scene for us for for everything we're, we're talking about there's actually a story where kevin feige's biggest complaint to sam raimi was it's too corny yes and they had a lot of fights about cutting out the corniness but then i think the the standing argument Sam Raimi has was just, just let me have this. <laughs> just, just let me have this corny. <laughs> That's just how he makes this film. At least it's honest. Yeah. You know, like this is, but I don't understand why Marvel even gave him a chance. You saw what he did with the Spider-Man. So it's like, what, what was the point of this? Like, how did you think that this was going to be good? You know, I, I, I think it could be the draw of his name, you know, mm. and seeing how it went through his last one with the superhero films. Like I, I was hyped for it too. It's like, oh shit, Sam Raimi's in it, and that it's gonna do it. But I, I'm seeing it like, oh man, you know, like there's amazing technology today that you don't have to make it look like a B movie thriller. Yeah, you know. And the best part of this film that I enjoyed the fucking most was the undead Doctor Strange. Yeah, when he went to go over there to you know yeah. fuck shit up right because he decided to dream walk which was obviously not something that he's supposed to do but this was his last to a resort. dead body yeah that is forbidden yeah. yeah this was the eeriest creepiest coolest thing right and the way that the trailer was set up i thought we were going to see more of this shit <laughs> and it was only the last 15 minutes of the film yeah but it was the coolest part about it. And if anything else, that was the most horror thing that I saw, yeah. right? Watching these spirits come out and scream, which was very creepy and very eerie. But the scene when they attacked Christine oh, yes. was a little too cheese balls. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Where she's fighting the camera lens. Classic yeah. Sam Raimi, old school shit. Um, but yeah, uh, so I got confused that first time I saw that too. I was like, I don't understand where they are. Uh, I think it's because that incursion idea flew over my head. But an incursion is when um, two, a person from another universe is in another universe and influences too much of it. It causes one of the universes or both to implode on each other. Mm -hmm. So he went into a universe that had an incursion happen to it. That's why it was all fucking funky and weird and shit. Yeah. And then, you know, he has this dialogue with himself and this strange has... Is, was also consumed by the dark hold, you know, and he made a shit ton of mistakes and all that. But then um, what Strange is doing is he's trying to go after that book 
still, regardless. Um, so they have that music fight, and then he throws him out a window, dies very violently, and he figures that because he doesn't have the Book of Ashanti, he's going to use the Darkhold. And um, I guess uh, they they go and he he goes into that dead body, and then it has that whole thing with the souls and such. And then they have the fight, but when it gets down to it, they they figure that like America, he can't take America's powers; it's going to kill her, right? Now I don't know where I missed it, but somehow there was some pep talk where he says, "You can do it." And she does it. She can control her powers. But when did she learn it though? Because her whole thing was, I don't know how to use it. Right? Don't get it. Right? If, the, if then there was a whole story about teenage angst and um, fighting through your fears and taking up courage and bravery, I get it. I understand it. But no, she's just like, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> and what in the fuck was her powers being able to punch the shit out of somebody? I thought it was just that she could just travel. Yeah. All of a sudden, she just starts socking people. Like I, it just this, this powers became a bit undefined. I mean, yeah. she punches stars. She, uh, <laughs> and also, too, like the really confusing part was right. Wong is, you know, obviously he's the guy who has all this knowledge. He's a sorcerer supreme. Yeah. He knows that there's this place that exists. Right. That Darkhold is a copy. The yeah. real copy is, is written on the walls of this temple. Of this temple. Nobody has ever made it out alive. She shows up and she goes. This isn't the trap. This is my throne. <laughs> Why? How? Because she's the botch boss bitch. Yeah, like that was how? her boss bitch moment. I'm uh, like, why? Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, wait, where do you sit down? Yeah. <laughs> it was just this this Korean um, floorboard yeah. where you sleep. I, I was I was thinking like, oh, um, I thought she was gonna say it's an altar, you know, or yeah, something yeah. like that, something dark, witchcrafty, or some shit. But it was that's her throne. Cool. (laughs) There was too many moments where I was asking, why? Why? I thought this place, everybody who has tried to go there fucking died. But she just, she shows up. Is it because she's so powerful? She's now the Scarlet Witch. So she was, she in the dark, that was explained in WandaVision. That's what I'm saying. Like, you got to bring that shit, you know, into this story too. You got to complete it. Like bring it around circle. If you're referencing the past film. Instead, is you're just supposed to know this shit. Just See, I don't even remember that from WandaVision. Though. Yeah, it's just happening. It's just happening. Yeah, that's why yeah. for me as an audience, once again, it was so confusing. Because uh, I don't remember. Because I mean, when did I watch WandaVision? That was a while it ago. It was the beginning of pandemic. Yeah, that was so long ago. <laughs> it was so like two years ago. I, I'm not going to remember this shit. Mm-hmm. That's why I didn't understand why when she showed up, they're just like, dude, my master. And she was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh, okay. What is this? Mariel saw this film. She was pissed. She yeah. goes, I don't understand anything. Um, by the way, there was like a talking yak. <laughs> like a, like a, I don't remember that yak from the first movie. Yeah. I'm like, what is this yellow ox? Like just talking. It has a voice and everything. I don't know. Um, so yeah, she just figures out her powers. And what she does is I'll give you what you want. Right. And she transports Maximoff back to Earth 838. Uh, where she sees Billy and Tommy recoil from her f- her in fear while crying for their real mother. Realizing the error of her ways, Maximoff relents and uses her powers to bring down Mount Wondagore, simultaneously destroying all copies of the Darkhold throughout the multiverse 
and apparently sacrificing herself in the process. Chavez returns Strange and Palmer to their respective universes. Sometime later, Kamartaj is repaired and the surviving sorcerers joined by Chavez continue training. Strange develops a third eye as a result of using the Darkhold and dreamwalking in, into a corpse. In a mid credit scene, Strange is approached by a sorceress who warns him that his actions have triggered an incursion that he must help fix. Strange follows her into the dark dimension. The end. <laughs> All right. And then that one kid who was screaming the whole time was just like slow clapping. <laughs> what the fuck are you slow clapping for, you jackass? I hated how it ended. He's walking down the street, his theme's playing, and he ah! third eye credits. And then it cuts to he's walking down the street again. <laughs> the third eye comes back. Oh, I guess it doesn't hurt anymore. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like All there's so many inconsistencies. Things just don't make sense. And once again, the the film, if you guys watch it, and that's good. I watched it twice painfully. And it, it was just, it was like watching somebody just trying to push a square into a circle hole. Right. right? Things just weren't fitting and they were trying to force it so hard with the corniness, with the horror theme, the dialogue, everything about it seemed so forced and nothing came together. There was no reason for me to care about the characters. There was no reason for me to give a fuck about the villain. Nothing. There was no reason for me to care at all. Yeah. Care about another universe that's destroyed. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and, I, and for me too, it's like, is was this really a multiverse film that I watched? It really right. wasn't. But it's too bad for us. We saw everything everywhere all at once first. Yeah, I know. <laughs> The most multiverse thing that I saw was when they did that sequence where they were traveling through all these different multiverses. That was the best thing. And then like I'm stuck there pausing because I want to see what's up Mm -hmm. and see the interesting stuff. And then I'm realizing, but in a real theater experience, it just comes and goes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really started thinking about the way, I guess, this Marvel Studios is is treating their audience is just they feel like, yeah, of course they saw WandaVision. Mm -hmm. They're going to get it. Like, yeah, like giving the audience that benefit of the doubt. I think you're giving them way too much credit, especially because it was two fucking years ago. Yeah, yeah, it was quite a while ago. And like two, like one thing that I also didn't like. And once again, I think I'm being really nitpicky because just off the jump, the film gave me such a bad taste in my mouth. Was that you know, Strange is also a really snarky character. Yes, He's, he, there's moments for him to be really, really funny, and he only had one really moment was when he was talking to the Illuminati. So there wasn't even like a humor factor to this. Like there normally is. Yeah. Like he doesn't have the same charm as a Tony Stark. Yeah. No charm whatsoever. He comes off as that doctor. You don't want to be your personal physician. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. You douche. Don't touch me. You know? Mm-hmm. And, but he's like usually very humorous. Like he's very smart, very witty, all that other stuff. And it just wasn't in that film either. So, the, you know, when they do that to like main characters and they don't give you a reason to really like them. It's just like, I mean, I guess he did have like redeeming moments where in his, his version, his universe is Dr. Strange. He gave America Chavez a chance. Yeah. Kill. <laughs> you know, that's how I felt about the whole film. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. I guess. I mean, look at the third act of the fifth element where, um, you know, Lilu, what, where they had to bring her into, you know, Mm-mm-mm. having to able to access her powers and what was what it was or whatever and um ultimately like it was the love that she had with bruce willis's character 
Corbin Dallas, Mm-mm. right? But we saw that develop and build over time. This fucking, you know, dirty ass rat taxi driver, yeah. you know, getting into the situation where their relationship grows and it, it, it means something by that third act. Mm-hmm. Like I said, if you make a character a MacGuffin, they have to have a strong connection. And like this Doctor Strange and her, it was just, they, it just felt like they just acquaintances. They barely. The other reason it. why this wasn't really a good multiverse film, how many fucking universes did we go into in this film? Three. Three. <laughs> Three. And then like a couple like middle dimensions. Yeah. Right. So that Mount Wondergore is apparently another dimension somewhere. Oh, I is it? I had know. no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and where the book of Fashanti, whatever, it's like these spaces between universes or something. Yeah, like they could have had so much fun creating multiple universes that they had to travel in and figure That's out. That's what I was expecting. <laughs> I was expecting us to see the X. Well, we, try, and we did see them all together, like as the Illuminati, but I was expecting them to go through different universes in that way. But, you know, at this point, because if that feels too ridiculous, I honestly now expect to see that in Deadpool 3. Mm. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of how I feel like we're going to have to see it to have to make it a meta version of itself to link the Fox X-Men people with the Disney and all that shit. Yeah, I just didn't understand how this was a multiverse film. Like when you have that title multiverse in it, I yeah. better see multiple universe and done really well. Yeah. You know, because it... Eh. You're setting us up for fucking failure. Yeah. Like you're setting yourself up for failure, especially as an audience when you kind of put that expectation on us. And then we see this like, what the fuck is this? But not just multiverse, the multiverse of madness. Yeah. Then I'm expecting some fucking madness. Crazy shit. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was, yeah, just a couple a couple different universes. Which wasn't even that crazy. Like the craziest thing was what? Oh, when you go to the stoplight, red means go. And then green meat uh, stop. Oh, that's the that's the crazy shit. Yeah, pizza comes in meatballs. Okay, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. The laziest fucking film ever. And that was that was the Rick and Morty shit. Yeah, you know that like that stuff as a cartoon as a like come and go like uh, like a little bit. Mm-hmm. I guess it, it would work, but um, I I feel very let down. Let's say as an audience member when. It, it just feels like a, it could have been a Rick and Morty movie instead. In terms of like Marvel films, what do you rank this as from best to worst? Is this like one of the worst you've seen? Yeah, I'm going to say bottom five again. Yeah, this is this is just to A. This film was way worse than Shang-Chi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, Shang-Chi was a much like, better I gave Shang-Chi like a five, six. Yeah. This shit's like a one to me. Really? To I, me- I would say like... Yeah, for me, four or five. Uh, this, you know? this was like a, maybe it's because once again, like I don't remember much from Wandavision, so it was so confusing for me. Yeah, and that alone already makes me hate. It just it. makes a a bad film. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was just what is going on. That's what I kept on that, and then I, had, I was like, oh, that's right from this part, and I hate having to do that. Yeah, I'd ha- I hate having to just excavate all these old thoughts just so I could figure out what the plot of this mm-hmm. film is, mm-hmm. and it's just it's also just not fair to the viewer. Right, and if people are saying, "Well, well, only Marvel fans should watch this," that's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life, dude. No way. Yeah. No. How else could a film be successful if you're only catering to one type of audience? It doesn't make any sense. Marvel films are supposed to be enjoyable for everybody. Yeah. And we've talked about this too, where sometimes as an audience member, you can be very lazy too because you just expect people to know things that you already know because you're a fanatic. Yeah. But this is still a film at the end of the day. Films should be graded the, the way, or not graded. I say films should be viewed the way that film viewers just expect it to be. Yeah. Like. Just because it's a Marvel film, it doesn't, you don't get a pass on it. 
Like for example, and this is what I mean by sometimes people are on the, um, they're on two sides of the fence about something that doesn't make any sense. People got really upset at Steven Spielberg when he said that Marvel films aren't films. And then- Oh, Martin Scorsese. Yeah, Martin Scorsese. That's Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Martin Scorsese- and they're like, oh my God, how can you say it's not a film, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, people started, you know, ripping into Martin Scorsese. But when people critique Marvel films, they go, oh, it's not that type of film. Yeah. Which, fu- what is it then? Yeah. Which one is it? Like, I, I got, I got those kind of messages too. People telling me like, you're not supposed to look that deep into it. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Why do they make like all the other films in the past then, you know? It's it, that's where I feel like Marvel Phase Four seems like it's going awry. And, and by the way, too, that's hyper offensive to the comic book writers. They put a <laughs> lot of thought and time into this shit. This just not easy, yeah. you know. Yeah. And sometimes these films fuck up the comic book writers' stories. Yeah. And this is where they have a lot of problems because obviously, once again, you're talking about three hundred comic books, break into two, an hour and a half, two hours. Right. So it's very, very difficult. Right. Yeah. I understand that. But to say that you can be mad at Martin Scorsese for saying that these aren't films, but at the same time when somebody critiques these films, you go, it's not a real film anyway. Yeah. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? Yeah, you, you, That's nonsense. That's pure nonsense. These are real films and there have been great examples of it. And we've talked about, uh, you gave a lot of examples on your Instagram stories about yeah. you know the overarching theme and the morality be- be- behind a lot of these Marvel films. Yeah, I mean, um, even like, like the X-Men. Right. When was it made in the 60s? What was happening in the 60s? The civil rights movement. The mutants at the time were representative of civil rights and their stories were them going to the senators and fighting with Congress over their rights as humans. Mm -hmm. You know, even though they have mutations. Right. It was a reflection of what was happening in America in that day. Professor X is Martin Luther King. Right. Magneto is Malcolm X. No, dude, it's a comic book, bro. It's not that deep. <laughs> they have the same goals. But then the other one is like, by any means necessary. Yeah. What do you fucking think Captain America was based off of, you yeah. jackasses? That's <laughs> not political. The first comic book he's in is punching Adolf Hitler yeah, in the face. I know. What the fuck <laughs> are you talking about? Yeah. But this is why the comic books were, were so popular. It was about real shit. People connected to these through. characters and these topics. Yeah. So, I mean, when... We get into these parts with like, oh, it's multiverse. It's all wacky. It's madness, right? And then we don't get into the human experience that America Chavez is experiencing, the character arc and growth. But, okay, so because you let America do her thing, your narcissism is under control now? You know, your your control issues are under control now? You know, (laughs) like the idea that you always have to hold the knife. They made it so simple, like- Like, where did she build the courage? Where did she get her bravery? Where did she, how did she come to- And where's the emotional connection that he had with fucking America Chavez that made him- Yeah, that made him go, I actually value your life now. Yeah. Where? (laughs) 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 There was no, this payoff sucks so bad. He just looks at her and he just goes, hey man, do your thing. (laughs) This zombie ass face. Like, you know, what is this? Yeah, you're you're kind of wondering like what the fuck Doctor Strange might be doing, right? With all the shit that's been happening in Marvel Phase 4 and why that's why I think Marvel Phase 4 hasn't been doing so great. Dude, you said you didn't fish, finish the Eternals, right? No, I could not. Do you want me to just ruin it for you right yeah, now? Yeah, go ahead. Spoiler? I don't care. I don't plan to watch it. There's a giant fucking celestial. You know what a celestial is? Those big fucking things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It comes out of the earth. 
and this big hand comes out in, in the head. And if it, when it fully births out of the earth, it'll blow up and destroy the earth, right? And they stop it. Like Gemma uh, Chan turns it into this big marble statue. And now this earth has a fucking giant hand and head and body parts coming out of the earth. So why isn't Dr. Strange being like, yo, I better investigate this shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, even Wong, let's say Sorcerer Supreme, yo, uh, this is your job now. You know, uh, there's like so many things like, wh- what are we dealing with right now, guys? Yeah. <laughs> like, why did you make Eternals with this huge threat going on and then just completely forget about it in the next one? Eternals did not need to be a film. It didn't. It 100% didn't need to be a film. I, I I literally shut that shit off because it reminded me of Raya and the Last Dragon. Too much shit right. that had to be explained within like an hour and a half. Yeah, Couldn't do it. You cannot do it. You cannot have that many characters, that many realms, that many whatever. That much it, backstory, that much history jumping, thousands of years in between. With people who clearly have like a modern accent and they're living, yeah. you know, 5,000 years ago. It's like- what the fuck is this? Like the casting was all weird. It was a waste. So that's, so, okay. That, that's what I'm, that's welcome to the 21st century. While, um, so Top Gun Maverick, right? The new one. Um, in the first one, it's just like probably one of the whitest movies ever made. Mm-hmm. Right. And the whole team, the whole Top Gun class, just these douchebag white dudes ripped in oily and sweaty and naked all the time. And this new one, you have <laughs> Colors of the rainbow, uh, Asian kids, black kids, Latino girl, white dudes, and everyone. It's like very inclusive, right? And then, so looking at the Eternals, it was just like, yeah, like everyone. The, hey, everyone is represented thing. And while it has its merits, right? Representation matters. The manufactured force feeding of that is really hard to swallow, even for me. Yeah. An advocate for, for you know, for uh, representation. Um, it it feels like I'm watching the boys make fun of the MCU. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looks like a satire MCU movie when I'm watching it. Not only that, I was a little shocked to see th- them have a full sex scene in the beginning of that movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then again, I mean, uh, Tony Stark got laid a lot in his first film too. Oh, that's so true. I think people forget that. I, yeah, the Eternals too. It was just. And by the way, I was on a plane ride to to. <laughs> a, if you can't watch a film through a plane, that means it's pretty fucking bad. Yeah, like you're forced to sit there. Yeah, and you turn it off, then it's bad. I just was like, this is this is so fucking whack or whatever. And it was just like sometimes you have to di- uh, like, what is it? Uh, disbelief. You have to fucking what do you call suspend it? your disbelief? Yeah, I was by disband. Yeah, <laughs> suspend your disbelief when you watch a lot of these like comic book films, right, right? Right. It was really really hard with this one because you're trying to explain how these omnipotent human beings who are here to protect Earth just let shit happen. Yeah, for the last seven thousand years. Yeah, there's like oh you know how the whole Thanos thing is like yeah we're just gonna watch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, the the character motivations too, like why they're doing what they're doing because they were supposed to go forward with it, but because they saw resilience in humans, they want to keep them alive or some shit like that. But it's like, you know, the the problem being like, they it just feels like it, it doesn't have anything to do with what we know as the MCU, except it is like part of the story. Oh, this happened in their history. So the fact that it's in the Marvel Universe is like a big heavy weight Towards the story, yet not actually showing. 
any of it. Like, yeah, the Eternals is one of those things that just didn't, never needed to exist. Sadly. It, yeah, it just doesn't do anything for the whole Marvel universe. Like what piece do they really play? Like they're just the overlords that just watch shit that goes down until this very specific thing has yeah. to come and then they step in. Then what's the point of this? I don't need you here. You don't you don't add to any of the other characters. You don't add to the universe. Yeah. That's why I was just like, click. I don't need to see this. The problem with having those kind of characters then, then you take away from the X-Men who are to come. Yeah. Because they have all the same fucking powers. Yeah. You know? Like then what's what's the deal? Then? And apparently they're supposed to be gods. So they're supposed to be what? Just 10 times stronger than them, right? Yeah. Then what's the point of that? Yeah. Where you been? Yeah. <laughs> we really needed you. <laughs> yeah. That whole time. Yeah. I, when I, Kyle Rittenhouse was out there just. <laughs> <laughs> could have stopped him. Say, hey, bro, just go back home. <laughs> oh my gosh. Where were you, you know, when Genghis Khan was like rummaging yeah. the earth? They're just watching know? it. They're like, okay. Okay. You know. Ugh. Well, guys, that wraps up this episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. I hope you enjoyed that review of one of my personal um, just terrible, terrible picks for Marvel films. Like, I just dislike this one so much. Ugh. And I watched it twice. So, and I do it for you. So you had to make sure. I had, had to, to make, make sure. sure. <laughs> well, I just had to go over the stuff because if you saw my face when I watched the film the first time, it was like this. <laughs> Why? <laughs> like, Why is what? this happening? <laughs> it's always What? What? The whole time. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch and then kind of like take mental notes this time. Yeah. So there was a second time, there was a lot of pausing. I was like, pause. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Why? Yeah, I did a lot of rewinding to be like, am I missing something? <laughs> yeah. Did I miss? Like, I kept rewinding the part where America got the courage to fight yeah. and, and control her powers. I'm like, wait, when did it come to her though? I yeah. kept, it's like, I just missed it. I don't like, know. You're going to kill me. I understand. It's okay. No, yeah. I believe in you. <laughs> All right. All right. Rock music. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, shit. guys, you can catch Ed at Ed Park VP and Genius Brain every Sundays at 12 p.m. Is there if there's another film that you guys want us to review, let us know in the comments. Uh, Doctor Strange, Madness, multi whatever the fucking Multiverse of Madness, Multiverse Mom. of Madness was the one that you guys wanted us to review, so we did. I didn't want to because I fucking hated the film a lot, <laughs> but we did anyways. So let us know what what your thoughts were on the film. What's the next film you want us to review? And we'll go ahead and talk about it again. And until then, we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, Whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.